Good morning. How are you this morning, my friend? Doing pretty good, brother. Just driving to work. How about yourself? Oh, I just arrived up here in Swanee, Tennessee, close to uh, one of the, I guess it's a really beautiful university. I, I don't know if it used to be a, a Christian university, but they've got a really pretty old church up here. Um, okay. If you ever are in Swanee, Tennessee, it's a nice place to come, you know, t- take a look, walk around. Um, a lot of really neat buildings. I think some of them are newer, but they have a very old school, old vibe now. At the same time, I do know there's an awful lot of old buildings up here, too. Okay. Yeah, you do so live in sound, one of the prettiest parts of the country. Well, every part of the country has a beauty about it. That's one of the things I love about our nation. And at the same time, our world as a whole, every place you go is so diverse, so beautiful. And I think the diversity sure. of the world itself is what gives it its beauty. Yeah. You know, I guess which would be an interesting topic for us to touch on today is the diversity of humanity. Mm. You know, humanity was created with diversity. I mean, God himself said that we were created in his image. Yet at the same time, even though we were created in his image, it is very apparent that he is reflecting different parts of his personality and his self and all of creation and all of humanity. We look at how many different colors and people alone there are. Look at how many different thought patterns there are and the way people process and come to things. I remember when you and I went to Christ for the Nations and some of the guys, you know, from other nations, as you would talk to them, you would come many times to the same conclusion, but you would realize through conversation that they arrived at the solution in a much different way. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and sometimes we've got this idea that if someone doesn't think like we do and doesn't arrive at a solution the same way that we do, that there's a problem. But that's not necessarily the case. Sometimes having a diverse way of viewing the world or having a diverse point of view sometimes can be a, a greater strength. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's something uh, I definitely um, I see there with the diversity. I think it's we're part of God's tapestry, if you will. The way God made, if you look at his creation and the diversity in creation alone, and you take the human palate, for example. I was talking to a friend of mine about this yesterday, but the diversity of taste. You know, we need food to, to exist. We need food to live. We need food to survive. But if you really think about it, God in his, in his goodness and the fact that he is an artist, he says, I'm going to make the food pleasant to the taste. That's, that's, totally, that's totally unnecessary, but it adds a whole other layer to it. And you know, to see the diversity and, you know, the colors and the shades of people. I heard this um, recently, actually, a scientific study that they did, and it showed that they proved it scientifically that we're all just different shades of brown. Some are lighter shades of brown, some are darker shades of brown, but, you know, we're, we're all, we all come from the same source, 
and we're, we're made of one blood is what the word says. And so the truth is, you know, if you if you're, you know, uh, you have a certain blood type, and there's someone from a different race that has that same blood type, well, that transfusion will go through because you have the same blood type. But we're all made from that same source. So at the same time, you can't go across species. You can't you can't have um, shared blood with an ape. That wouldn't work. But human beings, we're one race. We're a race of human beings. Oh, that, that's really good, my friend. And at the risk of saying this joke the wrong way, and I hope nobody gets offended at it, but I heard this from our pastor, and it, it, I thought it was hilarious. I, I don't know the author or the publisher of this joke, but the joke goes something along the way of you, when you're embarrassed, you turn pink. When you get sunburned, you turn red. When you, um, I can't remember the rest of it, but then he goes, and yet you call me colored. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard that before. <laughs> I, I don't remember the entire joke, but, I mean, it was hilarious because it's, it's so true. The fairer skins, they turn so many different shades. Oh, I think one of them was talking about when you're blue. You know, when when you're sad, you, you're blue, you know. It, but it's just hilarious because it's so real. What you said, if you really think about it, you know, like people would call you black and people would call me white. Or they would call my wife or your wife brown or tan or something. I don't know. You know, they're Hispanic. But the interesting thing about reality is, is if someone was to look at you or me, they couldn't really call us white or black in reality. Because if you look at the color palette, I'm not white. And if yeah. you look at the color palette, you're not really black. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're using a some adjective to try to describe a facet of ourselves, but it's still yeah. not really accurate. Because if you think about it, if you go buy a white sports car and I go and stand beside it, I guarantee you I'm not going to blend in. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. You know, so it's not, I mean, I understand we need to express our diversity, but sometimes I think we get hung up on it. Ah, that's that's so good. You know, and, you know, it, I think what it comes down to is instead of celebrating the differences, we begin to define ourselves by the differences, and, uh, you know, we, we put one against another, and that's where we fall into, we fall into problems. Um but there was something that you had touched on with, um, so you have, like you said, you know, we're all, we're different shades of the same, it slipped my mind. Just go, go ahead and finish your thought, brother. It's going to come back to me. Oh, no, I'm just going to piggyback off of what you just said. I mean, you know, you're right. We allow our differences to separate ourselves instead of to bring us together, which is really yeah. sad if you think about it, because as a whole, this world is so diverse. It is so full of life. It's so full of love. I mean, yes, there is hatred amongst some people, but as a whole, there is so much love and so much joy that can be spread around, so much positivity that we can help encourage, build each other up, and challenge one another. That's one of the things I love about our relationship. I mean, yeah. there's times that we'll, we'll be breaking apart the word or different topics that we hear 
on the news, and we don't always agree. I mean, yeah. normally we'll come to some sort of consensus, but there's sometimes that we don't. But I've never been offended when we don't agree. I've always been challenged. Yeah. I personally love the challenge because then I have to go back to myself and say, okay, am I right or am I wrong? Yeah. You know, is, is my perspective right or is my perspective tainted because of the way I was raised, because of yeah. my outlook on life, because of my current situation? Because let's yeah. just be honest. Where we were when we were children and where we are now, it's not the same. So even over sure. time, our perspective changes, and if we're not willing to look at it through the lens or the focal point of another person, do we really understand their point of view? That's, that's so good, brother. That's so good. And, uh, you know, I think it's a sign of wisdom to where you can take someone else's perspective that challenges yours without becoming offended. It's a sign of maturity as well. And uh, the thing I was going to say, and I want to come back to it uh, based on what you were saying, is that even looking at race the way we look at race and the way we define race is a learned behavior. Because my that's son, he just turned, he's about to turn seven. And um, it was not until this year where he started noticing the differences. Because when I talked to him when he was four, he was five, I said, he's talking about a, a certain kid in school. And I said, oh, okay, is he black or is he white? And he didn't get it. He said, black or white? What do you mean? And so I left him because in a certain sense, that, that ignorance, we call it ignorance, is actually the way we're supposed to live. We're supposed to be as children. They don't see colors. They just know that he's a cool kid. I want, I want to hang out with him. He's mean to me. I don't want to hang out with him. It, they were totally, he was totally colorblind until about this last year. And now they're doing things like Black History Month, and, and now he notices the differences. And says, but I'm not black. I'm, I'm peach. <laughs> yeah, but that's the way they see it. They don't, they don't see the same colors and, and the distinctions that we do at our age, but these things are reinforced and learned. Racism is a learned, is a learned uh, deal. It's not something that's innate in us as human beings. Oh, yeah. I remember whenever my wife and I got married, she asked, why in the world do, it, well, let me rephrase that. Why is it that every time you go and fill out an application, whether it's for a school or a job, any government application, uh, on those forms, you have to mark down your race, your ethnicity, and she was saying in Mexico that all you do down is put a citizen or non-citizen, and she was wondering if maybe that helped fuel the fire as to the division in the nation. Um, I don't have the perfect answer. I understand the need for it, and I understand why they most likely put it on there originally, and what... I recall from history as to why they started putting that on there. But at the same time, is it healthy to leave it there continuously? And, and you know, this is, this is a dilemma because, you know, I work in the mortgage industry, and when I was studying for my licensing, we studied that there's a cer- certain section in the application that we fill out, and it's a mandatory about ethnicity, race, um, it's demographic information, um, male, female, that kind of thing. And the reason why they implemented it, according to what we were taught, was the fact that there was discrimination going on, 
but it was undetected because there was no way to um, to study how how someone was being discriminated against. But what they found was once they started checking these boxes, um, they were able to take the data and find that you know people who were disabled, people who were, who were handicapped, people who were typically minorities, um, those who were kind of disenfranchised by society, those were the ones who were having a harder time getting loans, uh, regardless of credit score. And if you put them against their you know, uh, Caucasian counterparts, uh, they were still not getting the same amount of loans. And so they were able to kind of pinpoint that stuff by using the data. But the flip side is, and what you're saying, I think is a, a great point. It, it's a constant reminder that we're different. We're different. And it goes down, and it's, these lists have gotten longer and longer and longer. Before it was probably black, white, Hispanic, Indian. Now the list goes on and on and on. And recently, and this is within the last three weeks, the, the section that we had for gender, they changed it. It used to be to where we had two options, male or female. Actually, a third option. I don't wish to disclose. Now it says male, female, both, or I don't wish to disclose. Wow. Man, yeah. you know, I wonder, and I'm going to pose this as a question because I think that through our conversations, being thought-provoking is more profitable than trying to push a certain point of view. But I wonder if the causality is fear. Mm. You know, the fear of the unknown. I was reading a study not long ago that was talking about it's in human nature to naturally, and it doesn't matter if you're a white man seeing a white man or a black man seeing a black man, Sure, there's certain uh, comforts when you see something that's more familiar, but it's in human nature, whether, if there's another human you don't know, to have a natural fear, uh, kind of a fear or a sense of fear with that individual where you naturally want to withdraw from them. Sure. And I wonder if because of the difference and the unfamiliarity of that other individual, compounded by either ethnical background differences, color differences, um, even nationality differences, it initiates further fear of the unknown, which helps feed that prejudice or um, discrimination. I mean, but we should not be led by fear. I mean, fear is the root cause of many evil things that have happened in our lives, you know, both to you and me, to different uh, ethnical groups that had entire genocides on their people. I mean, the first people that come to mind are the Jews. You know, during the Holocaust, because of fear and hate, they were almost wiped out. So, you know, if we allow fear to become the pinnacle or become the pivoting point, you know, it can go so far that we can literally – we can almost go to a genocidal state, and that's not good. There has to be love for one another. There has to be grace in the differences. There has to be a way that we can cross that line, so to speak. That's, that's good, brother. That's good. You know, and if you look at Christ, he was a revolutionary. Oh, he Christ was. was a revolutionary. 
he crossed over the gender lines. We're talking about this was 2,000 years ago. You know, now it's in vogue, and people want to, uh, you know, put this this whole Me Too movement and and things like that. Christ was doing that 2,000 years ago, and it was taboo for him to talk to a woman alone. But he did it because it was to save her soul. It was taboo for him to um, elevate a Samaritan in a story like he did. But he did it because it was the right thing to do. And, and he was looking past uh, what we see on the outside. You know, it's like in, in the Old Testament, in the book of Samuel, in the book of First Samuel, uh, you know, God says, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks upon the heart. And That's when right. he judges us, the word says when he judges us, he's going he's gonna to expose the secrets of the hearts of men, basically. He's judging the heart. He's not, he's not judging the outward appearance. He's not judging all the things that we, as human beings, we look at as, wow, that guy's got it all together. No, there's something deeper. And, and he's the only one that can accurately decipher what's going on in the heart of an individual. Black, white, Black, yeah. male, female. What does it say in the word? Uh, all those things. Christ is all and he's in all. And that, that's it. That's the bottom line. When we're, in, when we're in Christ, and one thing I love about being in the body of Christ is that we're one. We're one. And there's still division because we're, we're, a lot of the church, unfortunately, is still carnal. But in the body, the true body, we're one. There are no divisions, Greek or Jew or black or white. There are no divisions, not in Christ. No, that's exactly right, my friend. I mean, think about it. Jesus died for all of humanity. God pretty much invested all of heaven's resources, all of himself, into saving humanity, which means that every person on this planet is invaluable. They are precious. They are of great worth. And because of that great worth, you know, if we look at someone else just because they're different in a negative way, we're, set, we're kind of demeaning what Christ did for them. And that's, that should not be. I mean, Christ died for you. He died for me. He died for the people in Mexico and Argentina in Africa and Japan and China. I mean, even the people in the Middle East, you know, although those massive diversity of people that are over there in the Middle East, you know, he died for the people in Israel as well. You know, we can't forget about any group of people on this planet because he died for every one of us. And if we try to say just because one or two bad pills out there, you know, did something wrong, that the whole bunch is bad, well, just to even go further, if we try to say even those bad pills are bad and have no value, then we're wrong because Christ died so that they could be set free too. Even if they did wrong, Christ still died so that they could have salvation. Now, will there be penalty for the things that they did on this earth, the crimes that they committed? Of course. It doesn't pardon them from their actions that they've already done. But God in his grandeur and his grace has provided the way for them to have salvation and forgiveness of their sins. All they have to do is say, God, I, you know, what I've done is wrong. Forgive me. I acknowledge that Christ, you know, Jesus is Lord and Savior and that you raised him from the dead. 
wow, is that easy? That's it. That's you know, powerful. but we we try to demean the whole thing, I think, sometimes when we look at someone and we look down on them just because of a difference. Well, and I, I, I don't think it's great, fair. Great I, I think it's, it's totally unfair. And, um, you know, I think this is a great place for us to to invite those who are listening who don't know Christ to give them an opportunity to come and know because I, I can guarantee you that he is not what's portrayed out in society. He's not some hippie uh, with long hair and just peace and love to everybody and walking around and just in a real uh, limp-wristed kind of savior. No. He is the lamb that died for us. He is the one that came and stretched out his arms, and, and he took the sins of the entire world, regardless of race, color, creed. And if we accept that sacrifice, then we have salvation. You know, one of the things that, that God did was he looked for someone to swear by when he was making a promise to Abraham. And, you know, we as, as Indians will say, I swear to God, because we have to swear to someone higher. But God looked around, That's there's it. no one higher than you. And he said, I swear by myself. And what a promise that we can take to the bank. When God Almighty makes a promise, we can take it to the bank. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us, black, white, male, female, every one of us, we're born in the same boat. But we have a Savior who provided a gift. It's a universally free gift to us. It cost him everything, but for us, it's absolutely free. And it's as simple as us reaching out and saying, I want to take this. That's it. It's as simple as, uh, of us as actually laying out our will and saying, you know what, you knew better. And we can be guaranteed we have a promissory note from God Almighty that we'll be saved. So we want that to invite you. Right. Yeah, we want to invite you. I want to ask my brother here to to lead you in a in, in a simple prayer. But uh, if you if you believe that he he came, we're here in Easter season. If you believe that he came, and that the purpose of him coming was to die as a sacrifice for you, I'm telling you, it's the best decision I've ever made in my life. Don't regret it at all. I'm sure my brother would say the same thing. Go ahead, Kurt. No, definitely, definitely don't regret it in any way, form, or fashion. God's brought so much peace to my life. I mean, it's just incredible. But Romans, I believe it's 10 9 says that, you know, all that you have to do is confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him up from the dead and that you will be saved when you confess that from your mouth. So right now, if you would like to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, just repeat after me. Lord God, I yield myself to you. I ask you to come into my heart and live. Make your residence here. Clean me up. Clean me out of all of that's been disappointing to you or anything that was displeasing. We ask you, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus just to purify and to cleanse our thoughts, free us from those things that have bound us. And, Lord, we, ask, we just ask you now just to bring your Holy Spirit into me and fill me fresh in you with your spirit. And I thank you that I believe that Jesus was risen from the dead and that he is Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, our friends, Amen. if you prayed that prayer, 
you're saved. You can mark this on the calendar. Don't let the devil fool you into thinking that you didn't make this decision. Because if you truly made this decision with your heart, you are saved. Amen. Amen. Well, all right, a guys. Good to wrap it up, and we appreciate you all listening. And stay tuned for what's coming up next. <laughs>